we start to really honor and appreciate our bodies in a very different way. It's very healing physically. And as we really start to take care of our bodies physically, well, then all of a sudden, now we're taking care of our bodies emotionally and energetically in our vital body, and we have more energy. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, YogaFit Program Director Lisa Greenbaum explains how fitness professionals can incorporate yoga into their training, correcting meditation misconceptions, and why breath is the key to it all, with Network's Alicia Smith. Welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Today, I'm here with Lisa Greenbaum, who's Director of Yoga Fit Canada and Program Manager for Australia. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Lisa, Yoga Fit has been in Australia for a few years now, and we're starting to see a lot of awesome traction with it. Why do you think this program has been so popular with the fitness industry? I think that people in the fitness industry There's a few things. I think one of them is that people are craving other ways of staying fit and healthy that isn't so hard on their bodies. I think that is huge. And then very quickly when people start to take classes and practice, the mindfulness aspect of it sets in and they start to feel very differently about themselves and mind and body in that way. And it's... I don't want to say it's addicting, but it kind of is in the same way that going to the gym is, right? It just calls to us. And as our population ages and as people are looking for a more balanced lifestyle, I think it's really important. Definitely. I, you know, I think from a personal perspective, I, when I have had challenging times in my life, I've found that yoga has been something that's drawn me towards it a lot. And I've found that I've got so much out of it. What is it? What is it about yoga that gives people that sense of peace or that sense of mindfulness or connection back to themselves? Great question. The breathing, I think, is the huge piece. You know, we breathe all day, obviously. We're sitting here breathing right now, but we're not using our full lung capacity, first of all. And we aren't really paying attention and slowing down. And when you start to move into a yoga practice and your breath is guiding the practice more than how much energy you can exert or how much you can push into a pose, but really just softening and settling with your breath. That's when everything starts to clear and that whole idea of the mindfulness piece, the mental clarity. And so when you are struggling through different things, we hold that stress in our body without question. We absolutely do, whether it's in our neck and our traps and we get tension headaches or we stuff it down into our psoas muscle Mm. and we end up with sore lower backs and tight hips, which all of us have going through those slow movements and the different poses that allow us to open in, in a gentle way along with the breath is really the key. So, you know, there might be people listening to this that have a, have a real interest in yoga, but they maybe 
don't really know what it is or they don't, you know, maybe they have some preconceived understanding or misconceptions about what yoga is. It maybe it's like all this trippy hippie stuff or mm-hmm. no, but what is it? How would you explain it to someone? Maybe a personal trainer or someone that's interested in, in looking into yoga more. How would you tell them what it is? Okay. So essentially yoga is philosophy of the mind. And what happens through the practice as we know it in the Western world, uh, which is the poses, the asana practice, is we start to have clarity of mind as we link breath and movement, like I was just talking Mm -hmm. about. However, I think what has become so beautiful about the practice in the West is that it's really about self-care and self-love. And when you start to practice yoga, it's, it's moving through fitness that we've all known, right? We go through strength training where it's endurance training. There's cardiovascular endurance training with all the deep breathing that we do, the flexibility training, of course, Mm -hmm. but we start to really honor and appreciate our bodies in a very different way. It's very healing physically. And as we really start to take care of our bodies physically, well, then all of a sudden now we're taking care of our bodies emotionally and energetically in our vital body. And we have more energy through the day and we don't feel so rushed from task to task. And I think that's where people are drawn to it. Mm. And if I can say anything about someone who is interested to try and not sure where to go is that if anywhere in this sort of fitness slash yoga world that finding a place and yoga fit, this is what we have based our company on, but I know tons of yoga instructors, especially inside the fitness clubs too, that really nurture beginners to come in and just let you do what needs to happen on the mat. You don't have to worry about what the person beside you is doing. You don't need to worry about whether you have the fanciest outfit on. The, the thing that we specifically look at with yoga fit is that every body is different. And so Clearly, of course, everybody's different. When we stop and look out in the world, every one of us, our body shapes are different. So how can we all expect to be molded in to look exactly the same in yoga poses? It's going to be impossible. But through listening to our bodies and kind of letting go of those sort of preconceived notions of what it's supposed to be like, that's where the beauty of yoga really comes in. If you're worried about what, you know, the person next to you or if you're impressing the teacher, then you're kind of losing, I think the best part of what yoga can offer. Sure. Mm -hmm. So for someone that might want to dip their toe in, you know, because obviously yoga is so much more, it's not just the asana practice. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's everything. But for someone that maybe isn't, maybe isn't ready to look at, at that as being such a big holistic piece, where would they start? What do you think would be the most beneficial way to, I think that anytime someone's looking at starting at something new, they have to start with the part that calls them. Okay. So it's even like if you're looking at what kind of yoga should I do? Well, what are you looking to do? Do you want to sweat? Do you feel best when you're really pushing yourself? Well, then I would suggest go to a power yoga class. (laughs) Try maybe a a hot yoga class. If you're looking at more relaxing, then, you know, restorative yoga or a yin yoga practice might be more beneficial. And then if you're not sure, and this this is for me, when I got into yoga, I was teaching 25 fitness classes a week. I was exhausted. The whole reason I wanted to teach yoga was because I'm like, great, a discipline that I can teach that I can walk around and I'm not going to get physically tired. And that was really essentially what drew me in. And, but very quickly, I discovered this beautiful part of the yoga practice, which is that it is, there is eight limbs of yoga. It isn't just how much I'm willing to put out physically, but 
the meditation piece. And meditation piece can be so simple as listening to a guided meditation or a yoga nidra, which is like yoga for sleep, or taking a walk in nature and putting your phone in your pocket and your headphones out and actually just listening to the birds and looking at the foliage and and taking that quiet time. So whatever it is that attracts you most, I think is where you need to start. And if you know people that are practicing yoga or teaching them, talk to them and, and see what kind of what has drawn them in or if they can recommend, you know, different studios or different teachers. And I think this is huge too, is that, you know, I, I liken this a lot to cardio training. So, you know, we all know we need to get cardio training. I'm not a runner. There's no way. And high impact aerobics classes, like, no, but I love to dance. And so I found my cardio through doing dance classes and I've loved that. And so people will go to yoga class and they'll try one teacher or one type of yoga and say, that's not for me. And it's such a shame because yoga is so vast. There are so many different kinds of yoga and every teacher will bring their own influence and their own personality and their sort of own lineage of, of their trainings as well to it. So I always suggest, you know, go out and try a few people's classes until you find someone because you will. And until you find find something that really connects with you. And I think, you know, it's quite an interesting perspective or or not perspective that perhaps it's just an interesting observation that, you know, recently in the past couple of years, primarily we've really seen mindfulness and meditation become such a huge part of just Mm -hmm. popular wellness culture. And I say popular wellness culture, but I mean, it's just really started to infiltrate people's awareness and people know that, you know, some of the most successful people in the world, and I use success as, as it's a very liberal term, but some right. of the most successful people in the world have a daily meditation and breathing yes, practice or a mindfulness practice. And obviously this isn't a new thing, but it's only just kind of reaching, reaching people. Why do you think, why now? Like, why is it important now? And what, what is it that's making people pay attention? I think that we as a society have just pushed ourselves over the edge and, you know, we're all connected. We weren't even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, our ex, the expectations we place on ourselves. And, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and a yoga practitioner and I'm running around, you know, all day with my phone in hand as well. I think the expectations we place on ourselves to get everything done and to be everything as women too, you know, we add the whole taking care, not that the men aren't doing it. So I don't want to offend anybody, but um, I know women place a lot of pressure on themselves for taking care of families, trying to be, you know, top business women, stay fit, look young, do all of these things. And, you know, we hit a breaking point. And So I think sort of globally as a society, we've hit that breaking point. And that's where I think people are starting to step back and say, no, there has to be a way that I can still do all of this, but feel good about it. Because what's the point on building this wonderful life if you're happy and if you're burnt out and you're tired, you're not going to be happy, even if you're doing what you think or what you have always loved to do. And I've been through it a couple times, uh, but definitely have gone through that sort of breaking point. And that's really when I found yoga. And when I said, you know, I was looking for a program that I didn't have to physically teach. I just, because I was trying to make more money and I was at a breaking point with how I felt physically. I was exhausted. I was burnt out. I would wake up in the morning, look at my list of all the classes I had to teach, didn't want to get out of bed and do it. And that sucks because I love teaching more than anything else in the universe, but you know, we just need to take a break sometimes and step back and yoga has 
without question saved me, has kept me, and I know will keep me as well as many people I know the longevity to just be in this industry, let alone to be able to just find that balance and to, you know, be at peace with myself and ourselves. Yeah, and, you know, we've known each other for a few years now and something that I've always just had so much admiration and respect for is that your approach is still very pragmatic when it comes to yoga, you know, and what you just said then, you were looking for another you were looking for another income stream. And I think that's something that there's almost a a misconception that if that you know if you're doing if you're a, if you practice yoga and that's part of the lifestyle that you lead that then you should not care about money or about career progression or any of those things but the reality is we live in the world where those things are still important and you know how have you managed to to marry those two concepts together you're an ambitious driven woman but you know you also lead this really authentic yoga practice and yoga lifestyle so how have you kind of combined the two to make it work so well for you my self-practice is hugely important. So I try every morning to do a short practice. So I don't necessarily, definitely not teaching 20 classes a week anymore. I'm teaching like two. But I spend now I've switched that and now I basically have an office job most of the time. So I do a, a short practice in the morning and I meditate. And that has been huge because I start my day with clarity. And I know what I can get done, what I should get done. I've tapped into sort of what my weaknesses are and admitted what my weaknesses are. And the self-care piece is massive. It really is massive. And, you know, it's, it's about having a balanced life. So I want to do all of these things and I catch myself, const catch myself constantly because I love to travel. I love to teach. I love to present. But I can't do it all and I can't be everyone and I can't be superwoman. And at the end of the day, I also want to spend lots of time making great memories with my husband and with my family. And so that's where, you know, kind of figuring out what that balance is. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, that you, you touched on having a meditation practice. Yeah. I have always really struggled with the concept of meditation from the perspective of I can't just sit down and meditate in the traditional sense where, you know, the I think there's a misconception about what meditation is, yeah. that you have to clear your mind. And if you have a thought pop into your head, then you're, you're bad at meditating. Right. And what yoga has given to me is the ability to have almost like a moving meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So what's your meditation practice look like? And, you know, how would, if for someone that's listening and maybe a trainer or an instructor out there that, that is being toying with the idea of meditation and understands that there is so much value in, in, in adding that to their life. But like me, they couldn't just sit down, in the corner and meditate, you know, how, how could they think about implementing mm -hmm. a meditation practice in their life? Well, first of all, you're right. The misconception about what meditation actually is, you know, is, is really false. I think it's, it's impossible to sit and just have a blank mind for, you know, 20 minutes, an hour. However, it's about being aware of the thoughts and being able to let them go and giving yourself permission to know that it's okay if your mind's a little bit busy. My, I do do a seated meditation practice and I've toyed with a whole bunch of things and I've, for a long time, I did a moving meditation. What has actually really helped me though is meditating to uh, music. So there's a few like traditional mantras in the yoga world that, uh, and ones that I feel very close to, Om Namah Shivaya being one of them. And you can really just Google that and YouTube and find it. And uh, there's so many different versions. But 
to just, that's what I usually do is I'll get up in the morning and I'll set up my seat and please prop up your bum because I, we already talked about our hips being tight. So <laughs> you have to be comfortable and I'll just play that because then I listen to the song and my mind wanders a lot less than trying to sit in silence. Sit up in the meditation. If you lie down, you're more likely to fall asleep mm -hmm. or doze off. And then really just kind of cut yourself some slack. I guarantee you, I will sit for meditation maybe 15 or 20 minutes every morning. And of those 15 or 20 minutes, at least half of that time, I'm thinking about emails. I'm thinking about breakfast. I'm thinking about, and I'm like, gosh, you better come back, mm -hmm. come back, come back. But it's the ability to come back. And every time I, I kind of drift away, I'm like, all right, I need another minute or two. That um, makes me feel so much better because <laughs> I just... Yeah, I just have always really struggled with that kind of meditation. And if you look at, so if you study like the traditional texts of yoga, there's one that's called the Yoga Sutras. And it's very well known among yoga schools and um, yoga teachers. And the second line of the Yoga Sutras is about calming the monkey mind, more or less, the Chittavritti. And that text was written 5,000 years ago, 4,500 years ago. So 4,500 years ago, we were talking about having this monkey mind that bounced all over the place. So I think, you know, we kind of can cut ourselves a little slack. That yeah, look at how busy life is and, and all the input that, we, that we're dealing with on totally. a daily basis. And that's why I think it's, it's so crucial because, you know, we want to be everything, do everything. We're, we think we're supposed to be everything and do everything. And just by kind of sitting and spending some time with ourselves on a daily basis, you start to realize that, you know what? No, I have everything I need right now. I'm good. And so, I don't want to say it's like that every day, but <laughs> we're all still human. But So for someone listening to this that might be toying with the idea of, of, you know, beginning a yoga teacher journey or, yeah, I think probably the teaching yeah. journey, they might be thinking like you, maybe they're looking for a practice that's more kind on their body that still lets them make money from teaching classes, mm -hmm. or maybe they're just ready to move in a different direction that is a little bit more um, holistic, I suppose. Yeah. What What's the step? How does someone become a yoga teacher? So, of course, I'm going to be biased towards yoga fit. However, there's a few things to look at. Actually, I wrote a recent article for Network Magazine, so I'm not sure what the date is for that one, but it should be coming out soon. But there's a few things you want to think about. First of all, is the school you're looking at, is it accredited with sort of a higher certification body? We are with Fitness Australia, so mm -hmm. you get Fitness Australia CCs, Yoga Alliance Australia, and then the other body out here would be Yoga, yoga Australia. Australia. So you want to make sure that your school is, is accredited in some way, that there, it's been some sort of policing as to what material is being delivered. And then decide what kind of a learner are you. So with Yoga Fit, sort of one of our keys to success is that we're module-based. So we've allowed people that wouldn't necessarily be able to do the trainings because they can't take a whole month out of their life or they can't you know, fly off to Costa Rica or Hawaii or Bali and do the trainings because they either have another job or they have family or young kids. And so that's been our key to success. So some people I know love the intensive format. The module format has worked really well for us. And then you get to pace out your trainings and also the money. Mm -hmm. It all adds up to the same, but you know, a little easier when you're not signing off $4,500 on your visa at one time. So think about, you know, in that way, but how will you learn best taking small sips or just getting it all? And then, and then of course, you know, what are the teachers? What is the style of yoga? Yoga Fit itself is, we've sort of always been connected to the fitness industry. Beth Shaw, who founded the program, 
is very passionate about her fitness programming. She was a personal trainer for a long time. I grew up, I didn't really grow up, but I grew up through the fitness industry um, before I came into yoga. And I think the philosophy behind the way we teach our yoga program through Yoga Fit aligns to everything you would have already learned in the fitness industry. So how we set up our poses and the alignment of our poses matches exactly to what as a personal trainer or a fitness instructor, you would have been taught how body alignment should be. And so that's something that you want to think about too, you know, is the philosophy of that school, isn't going to match to what your philosophy is. That's something that really struck me with yoga fit as well is it's incredibly authentic, but it almost layers the philosophy on more and more and more as, as each module goes past. And I think that's such a great way for people that aren't necessarily sure how they feel about the philosophy yet to dip their toe in the water, begin teaching in a fitness environment, and then gradually start to get deeper and deeper in at their own pace, but still being incredibly authentic. Yeah. So, and I remember when we first set up our partnership and one of the taglines that we would use a lot to promote the program is that we've taken sort of all, I can't remember what the line was exactly, but I I call it the woohoo stuff out of yoga. And we do in our fundamentals program, of course we do in our fundamentals program, we look at setting the foundations for teaching, giving you all the tools that you need to go out and start teaching classes right away. You learn like, I think it's about 75 poses. We go through functional anatomy for yoga poses specifically and really gear you up to go out and start teaching right away. But the traditional yoga training is 200 hours. So you can do our fundamentals program and add it in and start teaching. And then you might decide at a certain point that maybe you want a little bit more or maybe you decide right away you want a little bit more, or maybe you decide that you're good, right? Everyone's on a different path, but that's where you're right. That's where all of a sudden then you show up at level three, and now we're going to start talking a little bit about philosophy and the history, and then we get into level four, we do talk about Sanskrit, and we do some of those more complicated postures, and it's to really create a well-rounded yoga education. But I think, too, when it comes to yoga and really sort of feeling depending on where we where we want to teach but when we really want to take our teaching to the next level we want all of that information and the thing that i find interesting is that still and i have around 800 hours of of just training with yoga let alone teaching that sort of the more you know the more you don't know but after i went through sort of the the foundational levels of training the extra stuff that i learned didn't necessarily switch what i was teaching but how i was teaching And that has been very, very cool and very interesting. And then, of course, it's completely changed my self-practice and it's built a self-practice for me too. And that's where you were talking about that sort of living the yoga lifestyle. Mm. But it's got to be, you know, I think it has to be done in small steps. So if you're curious, stick your toe in the water, try it out, see what it feels like. Mm. Try yoga class, talk to some friends that maybe you know you enjoy the same things in fitness or in mindfulness programs. And, you know, I think even if someone's going in purely from the physical benefit perspective initially, then, you know, that's great. Any Anything that they can be doing is great, right? Without question. Cool. Absolutely, yeah. Lisa, thank you so much. That I really enjoyed talking to you. So mm, thank you so thank much you. for joining the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Expand your career by doing something you love with YogaFit Instructor Training. The perfect way to add fitness-focused yoga to your professional skill set. 
YogaFit training courses take place regularly across Australia. To find out more, go to yogafitaustralia.com. And remember, network members get great discounts on the entire range of YogaFit fundamentals and specialisation courses.